Oh my gosh. Welcome back, you guys, to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast. Today, I have a very special guest that I know literally thousands of you have asked me and and want to hear from this man because we just left St. Louis where we were at a huge event with almost 20,000 people. And Mr. Bob Heilig was one of our keynote speakers. And Getting to have this conversation and connect with him was just so life-giving. You guys, he's a husband, he's a he's a father, he's an entrepreneur, but he's also the man behind the, the infamous podcast, Your Virtual Upline. So he works with network marketers, but he does it from a different angle. He does it by, you know, teaching them how to lead with transformation, how to lead with a heart of service and and how to change lives and how when you do that, it changes everything. So his heart and my heart and minds, they could not be more aligned. But we dig into some really interesting topics on this on this show today, like the anti-hustle culture and the truth and the not so much truth behind that and a lot of other things. So guys, put your seatbelt on, strap in, get ready. Let's dig in. Well, let's let's do this thing. I'm so honored and excited to have you on my podcast. Um, we're recording this pre Beachbody Coach Summit, but it's going to come out right after. So they will have just heard from both of us on main stage, right? So yeah, that's fun. Um, yes, and I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. It's such a hot topic right now. We're going to talk anti-hustle culture or hustle culture, right? Mm -hmm. I know you and I both have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. Um, I'm really excited for this conversation because I also feel that what I know about you and what you teach and the the conversations we've had, we are so aligned um, on how we teach, what we teach, just kind of what we do in the world. So let's, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, by now, hopefully, a lot of people know who I am if they right, were at right, Summit exactly. or watching Everybody Summit. does. Everybody <laughs> does. But maybe what they're not going to get on the main stage is like a little bit of the story behind that, right? Like, how did you come to be doing the work that you're doing today? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I want to hear. Yeah. So so our business, uh, we operate under the, uh, the name of our business is Your Virtual Upline. And so kind of like the mission behind the work that we do today, the way that I like to say it is we help aspiring network marketing leaders create hustle-free success and build a life-first business. And that kind of so good. kind of summarizes what we're about. We, we have this thing, this philosophy and this method of building a business that we call Love, Serve, Grow, which mm. I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But it wasn't always that way for me. Um, I started out as a distributor in the profession, and uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, way back in the year 2000, um, (laughs) pre-social media, and back when you had to actually uh, be concerned about how many text messages you sent because it costs a lot of money. Oh my so, gosh, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah, I can I can remember costs money. I can remember having my downline report faxed to me when I first oh started my the goodness. company. Yeah, so wow. we'll just leave it at that. But so <laughs> I, I I was introduced as most people are. I'd never heard of network marketing before, and I I, I fell in love with the idea of of freedom and being able to make an impact and leading, even though that was nothing that I ever did in my life. And yeah, I, I struggled starting out because I, I, 
it's like on one hand, I wanted these things and I felt called to these things. Yes. But then on the other side of that coin, I always struggled seeing that in myself because I had never yeah. done anything like that before. And so I spent several years in the profession just kind of sacrificing and grinding and hustling and doing everything that I was told to do to try to reach my goals. And I just never was really able to make the kind of progress and see the kind of success that I had hoped. And I actually quit. And it's what's funny is I was one of those people that said I would never do anything like this again. Yeah. And uh, I spent about five years back in uh, medical sales. That was my profession. And I just realized that like working for somebody else just wasn't it for me. I, I just, I always felt called to do something bigger. Yeah. And, and I knew that working a job wasn't going to fulfill that in me. So I got back into the profession around 2011. Different company or a new Different company. company. Okay. Yep. Different company. And that was where I really began to have success. And so I had success in that second company. I was able to walk away from my full-time job. I had the freedom and everything that we wanted. And then, unfortunately, the company that I was working with, they were a startup, and they actually went out of business. And I kind of got the rug pulled out from under me. And that was really hard to go through that. That was in 2015. And I really struggled, like, why is this? You know, I think a lot of times when we go through something challenging, our first question is, why is this happening to me? Sure. You know, I really felt like like I was wrong, like I was a victim. And what I didn't see at that moment, and really the question that I needed to ask myself wasn't, why is this happening to me? It, it, it should have been, why is this happening for me? Absolutely. And, and what I didn't- question re- you can ever ask yourself in those yeah. moments of hopelessness and despair. Yeah. You know, how is this a yeah. gift? How yeah. in some radical, crazy world, because you're like downward spiraling so hard and so fast, if yeah. you can grab onto- in some insane way, what if this was a gift? I, I My son was diagnosed last year with type 1 diabetes. And so you're just like, this is the worst thing ever. I mean, he has, you know, a disease. So, you know, this is tragic. And it was like, finally, one day I was like, what if, what if this diagnosis was a gift? Mm. And I started to see things that I could have never seen had I not asked myself that question. And I yeah. started to cry and I started, it was like the sun came out for the first time, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I had that, I had that moment. And what's interesting is I think for me, it's, I've always just had faith that mm. even the, I never had any proof that I was meant for something bigger, but I always had this feeling inside of me. Yes. And it was like in that moment for me, it was really the test of my faith. Yeah. Is how bad did I want it? How much was I willing to to risk and to believe? And and I just, I chose, I just chose to believe that God had something bigger planned for me. Mm. And I remember what's interesting is, you know, I remember uh, shortly after that happened, there was a, you know, one of those dumb memes that people post on Instagram all the time. And it was a <laughs> quote. And, and I, as I say that, as we do that as well, but anyway, um, it, <laughs> it was uh, my social media manager is going to be like, uh, Hey dude. Um, no. But it was like, it was, so, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Sometimes we're rejected from something good to be redirected to something yes. even better. Oh, right? I just Some, shared that last week on my yeah, social media. How funny is that? Yeah, because yeah. I heard that somewhere in a church, you know, rejection is just simply redirection. But it's also yeah. your perspective. How are you choosing to see that? Totally. So and I, powerful. And that, that was a tough time in my life. I was newly engaged uh, to mm-hmm. my wife, Shannon. 
Um, I had made a good bit of money in my network marketing career, but like a lot of first time entrepreneurs that make money and aren't used to it, I spent a little <laughs> bit more than I made. So right. <laughs> uh, I was not in a financial position, but I just had this vision. I said, you know, I think I've got something to share with the world. Yeah. And that became that event, that that failure became kind of the catalyst for me starting to do what I do today. Isn't like, can I stop you right there? Because I want people to hear what you just said, because so often people just take that failure or that low point and it wrecks them, right? It takes them out of the game forever. And it's like, greatness is only born from that place. Yeah. It only ever comes from that place, whether it's you've gained 15 pounds and you feel horrible about yourself. That's the moment you make that decision to do something radically different. Like greatness doesn't come from mediocrity and then deciding you want a little bit better. You know, Mm -hmm. it comes from the lowest point. So I always say like those low moments, like those are really truly the biggest gifts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think back when, when I went, I had a lot of friends of mine that we were in that company together and people that I'm still friends with today. And what I noticed was, is the vast majority of the people that went through that failure, they chose to become bitter. Yeah. And I made the decision that I wasn't going to take that path, that I was going to find out a way to learn and grow from it. And I chose better. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's the choice we make is when we go through something tough in life, you either become bitter or better. Yeah. And, you know, so I moved forward with, with faith and I just believe that the thing, this was happening to me for a reason. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't have the vision that uh, I didn't see it for what it is today. I just wanted to help people. That's the reason why I got into network marketing. I loved making money. I mean, I'm not anti-money, but I love helping people. It's really what I feel called to do. And I just realized that I wanted to be a part of this space. But what I started to recognize was maybe there was a different way that I was going to be able to impact people Mm -hmm. in this business. And because I looked at these two experiences that I had, I came up in this company that was like an old school network marketing company, super hustle culture, trade your life away for success. It's all about the money. It's all about the nice things. And I watched people do that at the expense of their families, Mm. of their freedom, of just enjoying the process. And the answer, anytime, anytime I went to my upline and I said, what do I have to do? It was always the same answer. Do more, talk to more people. You're not doing enough. And the problem with that is it's not like I didn't want to work hard, but I was already working so hard and barely seeing results. And I saw where he was and he just kept telling me I had to work harder. And I'm like, at some point, like, when is it enough? And so I, what I didn't realize at the time, I started creating this internal resistance around what I thought success was because I wasn't really clear on what my values were. I was being told to value money and that was what it was all about. But really underneath freedom is is one of my highest values. Absolutely. And so I always, and and when I think about today and a lot of people that we serve, you know, their mothers and their fathers, their parents, it's like when we're given that definition of success, which most of this profession subscribes to that success is achievement. You just got to do everything mm-hmm. you can to get there. That always is at odds with us valuing our family and our freedom. Yeah. And so what I didn't recognize was that was a big part of why I struggled because I self-sabotaged because mm. it just never really was in alignment yeah. with what I wanted. Right. And then I had this second, I had this second chance where I had an opportunity to do things differently. And I did a lot of the things that I know you talk about and, that, and we'll talk a little bit about today. 
But there I was, I had these two experiences, one dramatically different than the other. And I said, you know, I think I have something I can offer people, some perspective on trying to teach people how to not do what I did. And so I had this idea. I said, you know, maybe I can become people's virtual upline because I I knew there was, I knew there were so many people in this profession that had just like me, they had these hopes, they had these dreams, maybe they didn't have the support of somebody or they were being given advice by someone telling them that this was a definition of success that wasn't aligned with theirs. And I said, you know, I think I can help people. And that's kind of how it started. That's amazing. That is so amazing. I mean, I just love that you led with heart and service and faith. And like you said, you didn't know where you were going, but it's that faith is like, just do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and you will be led to truly what I think is in those moments, if you had written down a vision, a clear vision, you would have sold yourself short right? Like you couldn't have imagined where you are now. We can never imagine that. I could never have imagined. I would have sold myself so short. Um, Well, let's dig into like, here's the, here's the topic, right? Mm -hmm. Anti-hustle culture. So I hear you saying you sacrificed, grinded, worked really hard, didn't have a lot of success in that first business. And then kind of realigned to got clear on your values, freedom being the value over money, even though, you know, we both know money gives you a lot of freedom. Totally. But it's not that you didn't, you still worked really hard in that second business for success, right? I think that's yep. the disconnect. People hear anti-hustle, anti-grind, and and I will always be totally real and transparent. I worked my tail off for five years to build the business that I built network marketing. I'd never worked harder in my life. There was a lot of sacrifice, but I feel like the difference for me was... I, I owned businesses before that. So I always understood like you've got to, you've got to sacrifice in the short run for the long run, you know? And I also think everybody's a little different. Like I was willing to sacrifice more to get it faster where some mm-hmm. people I'm like, if those aren't your goals, you know, if you don't want to have this level of success in three years, then, you know, your path is going to look a little bit different. But I was always aligned to what you're saying. Freedom is my biggest value. So, you know, I would take a 20 minute walk at noon and feel the gratitude of the fact that I could do that because of this profession. So I wasn't, I was grinding and I was working, but I also was constantly aware of the freedom. You know, I remember when my brother called me and he's like, Hey, have you talked to mom? I'm like, what's going on? She was in the hospital. And I was like, what? So I remember shutting my laptop grabbing my planner, throwing it in my purse and walking out to get in the car. And I had like that moment of like immense gratitude of like, I have the freedom. I don't have to tell my boss. I don't have to ask off for time. I I can just get in the car and go. And so as I was hustling and working really hard, I was so aligned to the gratitude and the freedom and the things that mattered. Right. And I think that's what I teach a lot. Like we're grinding so hard, we're missing all of that. You know, I had a coach not that long ago call me at kind of at a breaking point and probably expecting me to say, just talk to more people, you know, work harder, do this, do that. And I was like, okay, this is, this is what I want you to do. Go kiteboarding because kiteboarding's her thing. You know, I'm like, shut your computer down, shut it down. Like go find your joy. 
If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner and you guys can rise up with us. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you have the freedom to do that right now. Like how amazing is that? Go find that. And when you come back to your business, you're going to come back with a completely different energy. And we both know that energy is everything, you know? So how do you balance that and help people understand when you're talking anti-hustle, you're not saying you, you know, don't work hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's interesting is I'm hearing you talk. The thing that you gave yourself permission to do is slow down. Yeah. Slowing down is so important. When people are hustling, they never give themselves permission to slow down because the minute they slow down, they automatically, it triggers fear that they're going in the wrong direction or that they're falling behind. See, here's how I define hustle. So hustle is really, it's based off of, um, it's based off of two beliefs that are, I believe are very damaging for most people in terms of when you think about creating sustainable success. Yeah. I think that's the goal. I mean, how many yes. you've been you've been around long enough, Maura, you've seen people burn, you know, they 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 come right out of the cannon and they rise up the ranks and then all of a sudden a year later they're not even around anymore. Right. Yeah. Because the manner in which they built their business wasn't sustainable. They didn't have yeah. a solid foundation. And so when hustle, this idea of hustle, it's based on these two ideas that you always have to go fast and that success always requires more. Mm. And so what happens is, is we start hustling in the beginning and it works until a certain point because there is a direct correlation between those two things and the results that you see. Sure. But the problem is, is you always reach this capacity to do more. So we start building a team, we start getting some customers, and now we're, we have the demands of servicing our customers and trying to pull every single team member across the finish line, thinking yeah. it's our job to make them successful. And then we have the prospecting still. And now we've got social media and we have our family and some people have a job. And then at some point, what winds up happening is we just start spreading ourselves really thin. Yeah. We're working hard. We're putting in the hours, but we're barely seeing progress anymore. And that's where we start to feel exhausted. That's when we start to be depleted. It's not the working hard that's the problem. It's when working hard is no longer giving us progress or growth, and it doesn't feel good to us anymore. Right. We've lost our joy. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why it doesn't feel good at a fundamental level is that person has no real vision Mm -hmm. for why it is that they're doing what they do. Yeah. You know, if your thoughts and your feelings and your actions must be aligned with some personal vision for your life that inspires you, that's meaningful to you, not some rank, not some goal that, you know, because my upline told me that's what I need to do to be successful. It's like, I had a little bit of a uh, kind of a, it it kind of drives me a little crazy when (laughs) every single person in this profession thinks that the top rank in their company has to be their goal. Right, right. Because why wouldn't it be? You want to, but we don't know that yet. 
Yeah. Let's take some time first to identify the kind of life that you want to live. Yes. Let's let's look at your values. Let's look at your priorities. Let's look at the way you want to feel in your business. Yes. Those things are where you start. Yes. And then once you get a little clarity there, yeah. now we think about our business and we say, okay, what kind of a business would I need to build to live the kind of life that I want to live? Yeah. And when we develop our business goals in light of our personal vision, here's the important thing that happens. We create an emotional attachment to our business. Mm -hmm. And the things that we do every day are no longer things that we have to do. It's not like a means to an end. Most people are just hustling and grinding, hating it every step of the way with the belief that once they get to that rank or once they get to that goal, everything's going to be better and my life's going to be amazing. Right. And the sad reality is what winds up happening is a lot of people wind up getting there only to realize that none of that is actually true. Yeah. I had this exact conversation with like one of my most awesome coaches. She's, you know, came in a few years ago, two years ago, maybe just has everything it takes. And she said to me in kind of a really heartfelt conversation of like, I just got to tell you where I'm at. She said, when I hit that goal last year, which was a super fast, super amazing, great goal, like no one else hit it. She's like, I didn't feel any different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my part of that conversation was, here's the thing, society and our business especially puts on us that when we hit the goal, we're supposed to feel differently. Like we have to, we have to dismantle that, that societal belief and expectation. And I know that when I became top coach, I remember being like, well, I mean, totally flat, right? Totally. All of a sudden I was aimless, purposeless. They're like, what now? What's next? Yep. But what I had to reflect back on was the the journey to it lit me up, you know? And so the journey, it's so cliche to say it, but like the journey is what, what is the, that's the journey, right? Like the way there is, but only if you're serving and loving and, and feeling good about it. If you hate the journey to the goal and then the goal doesn't feel good, done. I'm out. This is yeah. not what I want to be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, what's interesting is so few people talk about this. Yeah. because they're afraid to talk about it. Yeah. We hit we hit a big ranker achievement. We do it hustling. We actually so there's two this now might be a good time to mention this. We we teach that there's two different types of mindsets that you can have in your business. You're either transactional or you're transformational. Mm. This is one of the best things I've ever heard from you. I mean, it's yeah. so spot on. I love so it. So a tra a transactional mindset is first and foremost, it's being results focused. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that you define success by a result. You either hit the goal, you succeed, you don't, you're a failure. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody says, yes, you feel validated. You feel good about yourself. So what winds up happening is we literally attach our sense of self-worth to the external results and achievements of our business. Yes. And so, so when you're thinking transactionally, you're hustling, going towards the goal, you hit the goal, you get this temporary sense of happiness because you're there. Sure. But then what sets in on the other side of that is you don't, it's not that you don't feel any better, you actually feel worse. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the reason why you feel worse is because now you're beating yourself up thinking, what is wrong with me? Yes. I've got this thing that I've always wanted from the outside looking in. People think I have it all together, yeah. but you feel like a total imposter yeah. because none of it is actually making you feel any better. Right. And, and there are so many leaders 
that live these lives of quiet desperation behind the scenes, just putting on this face, feeling totally inauthentic and just struggling. And that's the reason why we see a lot of leaders, they'll hit a big rank and then they'll just get stuck for years. Yeah. And they don't understand it's because they're stuck in this transactional way of thinking. We've got to learn how to get out of that. But, Mm. But, you know, going back to what we said earlier, here's how we break this pattern. So to get out of this, this, this hustle that so many people are stuck in, it, it requires us to slow down. And now here's the thing that I always try to make clear when I talk about slowing down. You don't slow down because you want to go slow. That's not the point. There's this big argument, quantity over quality. And there are people that will vehemently tell you one, I truly believe from my own experience and having coached literally tens of thousands of people in this space, success really loves starting slow. Mm. And it's like, I believe that if we can focus on the quality of the actions that we're taking, that once we understand, we teach this thing we call good form, which I know to your audience will really resonate with them, right? Like oh, yeah. I just started work, I just started working back out with a trainer again after a couple of years of just trying to survive as a, a as a father of two boys. <laughs> and um, so my trainer, every single time I'm training, she always says the same thing to me. She's like, watch your form, watch your form. And I'm like, I, I say, I can do more weight. She goes, I, we're not at that point yet. She goes, I can't give you more weight until... We, I see what you're capable of. We need a baseline. I need to see what you're ready for. She's always preaching that to me. And I get it because I've worked out with trainers before that asked me to do too much too quickly yeah. and I got injured. And then that kind of defeats the purpose of getting healthy, yeah. right? But yeah. there's such a correlation to your business because what we do is we ask too much of people too quickly, take massive action, quantity over quality. They're doing the do, but they're not seeing the results. And that's where the inconsistency comes in because they get frustrated. Yeah. So I would rather teach somebody how to practice good form and good form starts with your thinking. Yeah. How, what are you thinking while you're taking the action? So many people in this space, you know, they're doing the reach outs, they're doing the prospecting, they're doing the lives, they're doing the reels, but the entire time they're doing it, here's what they're thinking. I'm not good enough. Nobody's going to take me seriously. This person's going to think I'm salesy. We have all these negative thoughts. We call them red light stories swirling around in our head. And we don't understand the impact that that has on the way that we show up and do the actions. Mm. So we say, look, let's slow down. Let's get you clear on your vision. Let's have you think about why you're doing this. Let's get you focused on practicing good form, getting your thoughts right, understanding what a quality action is, a quality conversation, so that you can see how you can create so much better results in less time and effort if you're doing this. And then and only then do we begin to increase the quantity. And as you begin to speed up, here's the thing, it feels better because you're aligned with that vision. I, you just broke through a, a gigantic self-limiting belief I've had. (laughs) So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. So I've had this self-limiting belief because I did hustle, right? I went fast. I built probably one, for sure, one of the fastest growing coaches in the business And so I can't argue with like my reality looking back. I'm like, but I did sacrifice, but I did grind, but I did hustle. But now what you're saying, I I see it clear as day. What I had the whole time was I was relentless in the pursuit of personal growth, right? So I was working 
just massively hard on my thinking, which most people aren't doing that are grinding like I was grinding. Yeah. Yeah. I was very aware of transformation versus transaction, right? Because I can remember all the moments in those in those burnout moments, I would say to myself, but wait a second. My life is totally changed. I'm so much happier. My family is better. You know, look at my sister-in-law who I brought into this. She's a completely different person. And so it was those transformations, whether it was mine or the people's lives I was changing, those are the things I had to grab onto to yes. keep going. And I, I mean, vision is everything. I, I read my vision literally every single morning for the past seven years. I'm always changing it and modifying it and shifting it so it keep, keeps lighting me up. Mm-hmm. And so those three things you know, pursuing your mental space relentlessly, focusing on transformation versus transaction and vision. That's, if you don't have those things, it's not going to work. Yeah. You just perfectly define what transformational is it. So the, the shift that we have to make is we have to, we have to no longer be results focused. Yeah. And it's not that we don't want the results. We do. It's not that we don't have goals. We do. But the difference is we don't need the results to feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Because what we learn how to do is we learn how to make ourselves feel better. And the way we make ourselves feel better is we shift our focus. And the focus becomes change and growth. Yeah. You become growth oriented. So we start doing the things in our business not because we primarily want, we need the result, but we know that if we take action, it'll help us grow. Yeah. So we start focusing, like you said, on our own personal growth. We start counting the wins. We focus on progress, not perfection, yep. right? It, we're not attached to the result anymore. Yeah. And we focus on change. We want to create change in the lives of other people and in the world. We feel that sense of service, that mission. And that's an intentional decision. We choose to focus on those things every single day. And that causes us uh, almost immediately, we feel better. Yeah. We have these conversations Absolutely. with people yeah. from a transformational point of view. We start feeling fulfilled. We start having deeper connections. It changes what we do and what we say. And that good feeling is what makes us want to do it, even though the results aren't coming in. We're no longer getting that good feeling from the result. We're getting it purely from the taking of the action because we've changed our conversation and our definition of success. Yeah. So I mean, in think this about thi- the typical, say typical person in network marketing, especially coaching, right? Like they have an, a, a beautiful conversation with somebody and they help somebody you know, grow and, and they're, they're, they see these changes happening in their client. And then they're, they put their power hour in and they get 20 no's and 20 people that don't message them back. And that's all they're thinking about. That's all yeah. they're thinking about is that transaction. You know, I put this in and I got this out and this isn't, this isn't adding up anymore. I'm working so hard and I'm not getting anything back. What about that insanely beautiful conversation you had? We just discount that. It's such, it's such a reconditioning of the mm-hmm. way we perceive everything. Totally. And that's why it's hard. Because yeah. it's almost like every, we, we live, and, and this is just the reality of what it is. Our profession is extremely transactional. Yes. When you look at all companies are transactional. Uh, most leaders are transactional. So we teach people how to do this. It's almost like we unplug them from the matrix and we ask them to swim yeah. the other way. And yeah. everybody, so it takes this like, you know, you need support and you need reconditioning. 
But the thing is, this is what begins to happen is your experience of building a business becomes different. You yeah. so so what happens is we were talking about you and I before we were talking about how, or maybe we were talking about this part. I can't even remember anymore. That's a two year old, <laughs> a four okay. year old. That's what they'll do to you. But <laughs> they will. Um, vision begins yeah. to expand as yeah. you start making progress. Yeah. So so like what happens is people struggle with this big vision because they only have this transactional point of view of their business where it's like, how am I going to do this? But when you start practicing good form, when you're transformational, when you start seeing better results in way less time and effort, your vision of what's possible begins to expand Mm. and grow. Yeah. And then what happens is, so imagine now you're starting to speed up, you're working harder, but you're working towards something that you truly can start to believe and is inspiring yeah. you. And then all of a sudden the working hard is not a problem anymore. Right. And, and, and that I think is really the thing is, is just getting people to understand that being anti-hustle doesn't mean that you don't value hard work. It's just that it's a different type of work. The amount of time, like hard, working hard is not dependent on time. Yeah. Like I could work harder in five hours a week than somebody else does in 50 hours. For sure. For sure. Because I understand the things that I'm teaching you. And then here's the other thing I think of that I just feel like I need to say. There's so many leaders, you know, financially successful leaders that created that success from a transactional mindset. Because I have these conversations with people all the time in coaching that they're one of their biggest limiting beliefs for their team is they don't believe that their team can do what they did. Mm. Because they look at how much they sacrificed and how hard they worked to get to where they are. And they struggle ever seeing that in anyone else. And it actually limits their ability to believe in other people. And if you don't believe in them, it's never going to happen. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing as a leader. That's like your biggest calling. You just have to believe in people and pour that into them as a leader more than you can teach them anything. Totally. Yeah. And so they struggle with this. And what I try to get them to understand is your that limiting belief comes just from your experience, which was a transactional experience. You can yeah. teach people to fundamentally build their business in a different way. And their experience of creating success does not have to be yours. Right. And that can become the lesson is that learn from what I did so that you, we can. And that actually becomes part of their purpose. Yeah. To be able to teach people how to create success in a way that feels different because of their own experience. Yes. But I think this is, you know, like in my mind, this is the single most important conversation that every single person in this profession needs to have with themselves. What is ultimately driving me to work so hard and do what I do? Yes, 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 yes. And I want to highlight going back to, well, two things. I think there's also a shift in our headspace around that I I had to have. And it's like a new belief that I now hold is, you know, the like that harder work or the failures that we overcome, like there's going to be a million of them, right? I mean, I always say successful people have just failed more, right? And so redefining that, you know, when I think back on my coach journey, it's actually not hitting the goal as fast as I wanted to, or, you know, all the things that you would deem as failures or mistakes or shortcomings. Those were the things that built my resiliency, my grit, my, you know, self-confidence because I got back up again. It wasn't, I'm not this confident, successful person because I had 25, you know, successes in a row. It's like, 
I always have to remind myself like, oh yeah, the person I am today has only become because of the so-called failures. But we, we don't see that. We see I'm a failure. I'm less than comparison game. You know, I can't do this imposter syndrome. So I'm out. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 that just like we talked about, this is going back to where we were in the beginning, that low point, that's your springboard, right? Like that's yeah. your jumping off place to higher success to, a, to become a different person. And that's what I've always held on to is I have become such a different person, regardless of the rank, regardless of the paycheck. Why would I ever stop doing this? Yeah. You know? Well, that's the, that's the gift of failure, but I, I'll add to it even another layer um, so when we think about this conversation we're having with between, are you, are, do you have a transactional or transformational mindset? So really the core thing driving both of those is either love or fear. Mm. So tra- a transactional mindset is one that's based in scarcity and fear. You just Absolutely. see the world that way. Yeah. The transformational mindset is really one that's born out of love, a deep inner sense of personal worth and abundance. And so it's not, to me, it's not just failing. Okay. Because I had a PhD in failure my first couple of years in business. Like I, you know, all I did was fail. And everybody kept telling me that's good. And I'm like, okay, but it doesn't feel good. And it doesn't right. look good. When I, So the key is you have to learn how to fail from love and not from fear. Uh, you have to learn. It's how you see the failure. Do you see it from that transformational mindset? What are you making it mean? Because most people will always make failure mean something about them, that they failed, right? We can't, we have to learn, we can't internalize the failure. When you're failing from love and you have that transformational mindset, you no longer see failure as I failed. Um, It's not I'm a failure. It's just I failed at that thing. And that becomes the catalyst for you to be able to see the failure from a different perspective, to learn from it, to to grow from from it. it. And that's really where things begin to happen for yeah. people. And so it's that, but it's that we have to learn how to manage our mind in every yes. single moment because yeah. the transactional and the transformational point of view will always be there. Yeah. They'll always be there. We just have to learn how to train ourselves to focus more on the good than the bad. And that's how we start really seeing the progress and the growth. Mm. God, this is such a good conversation. And coming to kind of wrapping this up from a a high level leader's perspective, because like you said, so often, and this is not me, I absolutely have like the utmost belief in my team. And I just absolutely see the best in them. And I think they can all do whatever they want. You know, I just I just have that. But there is that fear that creeps in because I hustled so hard, right? For so many years, like, well, only one in a thousand is going to be kind of really it's personality type, right? Type A, Enneagram three, just like work, 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 work. And those are extremely rare. And so I think as leaders, we're just always waiting for that next us to come along needle in the haystack. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, how about we shift? Because I can remember thinking I am terrified to take my foot off the gas pedal that's going 120. Because if I do my whole team's going to fall apart. And Mm -hmm. I went to actually my top leaders and said, here was the realization I had. I cared most about their perception of that. You know, my highest leaders, the people that I just work with every day. And they looked at me and they said, can you please take your foot off the gas? Because we (laughs) need to see, they needed to see this done in a sustainable way. They needed to see 
also that the income isn't going to poof go away overnight, that I could in fact continue to grow my income, have a life, have more freedom, travel for a month in the summer with my family and still grow my business. And that was the major aha for me that allowed me the freedom to go, I'm going to do this radically different than I've done it for the last five years. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, it's so, it's so crazy that you're saying this right now, because I, I literally was just talking about this in our community yesterday, that we have to recognize at some point, our number one responsibility as a leader is to learn how to do less. Yeah. Oh. And, and there, there's <laughs> two, there's two really important things that come from us doing less. Now it doesn't mean we work less. Right. Right. You know, necessarily, but there's two things that come from doing less. Number one, we have to delegate to others. Yeah. See, a lot of leaders, because they're hustling, going fast, doing more, they actually wind up limiting the growth of the people on their For team sure. because they're afraid to slow down and give other people the opportunity yeah. to do because we're so, we're like, I, we create this success from fear and then we get it and we're so afraid of losing it. We go into defensive mode and we clutch so tight and we wind up strangling our business to death. Mm, yeah. You got to learn how to slow down and let go, give other people the ability to do things. So we delegate, but then to your point, leading by example isn't always about you doing more. Right. Sometimes the best example that we can set for our team is being the living embodiment of what freedom actually looks yeah. like. Because we don't understand the psychological damage it does to our leaders when they see us on all the time. Yeah. Because then they begin to wonder, like, when does it ever end? Right. You know, right. I had a, we had a client of ours that was a pretty high level, um, built a very successful business. And she said to me, she goes, Bob, I have to, you know, I have to tell you this. And we actually recognize her for this in our community because we want to recognize people for these types of things. She said, for the first time ever, I told my husband that I was not going to work my business on our week vacation with our family. Mm. She said he almost fainted. Wow. He goes, what do you mean you're not going to work your business? She goes, I'm not going to work my business. And it's like, it's to me, it's like really sad that we, I, I even have to share that as like something <laughs> to recognize. I get it. But, I totally but this get is, it. This is, this is yeah. what we've come to. This is why I think this message of, of not having to hustle and being able to build a, a really a business that that honors your priorities in life and and that it is possible not just to work to live right but we can create work that actually lets us live the life that we want you know i yeah. think that that's that's important so oh, this uh this conversation i just love every single word so how do i hire you how does my team work how does <laughs> For real, <laughs> where well, can we connect? What are all the things? Yeah, so uh, so our really the program, and this is a new program for us. We just launched it a couple of months ago. We're really focusing a lot of time and attention on trying to create an experience for people that is is unlike any other that they've been a part of. Um, it's called Love Serve Grow, and mm -hmm. you can just go to loveservegrow.com um, and you can see all the details there. What what we're trying to create. What I realized was this, is that um, I build a business just creating online courses and stuff like what most people do. Yeah. What I realized is that online courses are very transactional. Yes. And I'm sure most people have had this experience. They buy this thing. They're really excited about using it. They start going through or they never use it ever. Right. Like yeah. online course consumption is at an all-time low right now because people have information overload. Right. So, sure. so we're trying to create a transformational experience that's less about the content. It's more about the coaching, the community, and the accountability. Mm -hmm. 
And so we literally want to make it almost impossible for people to not take action and get results. And that's really what LoveServe grows about. We teach people how to simplify their business, how to hustle less so that they can have more of what they actually want. And so if today's message resonated with you, check it out. At the yes. very least, let's connect on Instagram. Just yes. search your, your virtual upline. You'll find me there. That's, that's where awesome. we spend most of our time on social. So. Awesome. And I'll put everything right below this in the show notes so they can just click and, and get in contact with you. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. This has been amazing. And I know this is dropping after summit, but right now it's not after summit. So I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot wait to hear from you. I want to hear everything you have to say and all your thoughts about this podcast. It filled my heart to no end to have Bob on the show. Um, I know that there's a future with us working together just because when you find those people in the world that align so much with your heart and soul, it's just a beautiful thing. And that's what network marketing has done for me. It's brought the most incredible humans into my life and it has been such a gift. I hope you guys learned a lot. We'll see you next time. <laughs>